Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, ITN 108, The Chronicles of Numnia. Uh, today, we have another double game week as we travelled to Molyneux on Thursday to take on Wolves in the FA Cup fifth round, uh, and then returned home for the league encounter just moments ago. No Kevin this week as he's off on a romantic getaway with Mrs Mush, but fear not, you still have me and Tim Bazance to bitch and moan. So let me bring him in then. Tim, first things first, how did the move go? Uh, everything's, well, my entire body's hurting right now. Uh, <laughs> I've, I'm 32, I'm fairly athletic, and I literally hurt everywhere. I never expected to be so old until <laughs> I realized, you know, yesterday and today, Friday was when we did everything um, that was big, and then today is Sunday now. So, wow, I still hurt, it sucks, I feel so old, and 
the my house still smells like polyurethane because we got floors done over like a week and a half ago and it's uh I'm getting high on fumes just sitting in my own place. Yeah, it's good to get high on something, I suppose. You settled in quicker than Mohammed Salisi. Uh yeah, that's correct. I definitely <laughs> did. But your brain hurts, I imagine, after what we've just witnessed once again from uh our fantastic officials. Uh, yeah, that was, that's a fun one. I'm not gonna lie, it's been not the best time to be a Saints fan, but, uh, nonetheless, I'm still here and I love the team and love Ralph and I'm just happy that we're not in a complete relegation scrap just yet. Yeah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is what I call commitment, Tim. You know, you've been incredibly busy this week, but you still find time to chat, you know, and to chat about the shit that we've just seen, unlike a certain Mr. Milberton who's putting his wife over football. It's just not on, Kevin. Not on. Uh, Do you have a teaser this week? Sure thing. So would you rather have the ability to rewind 24 hours three times each year, or would you rather be able to consciously control your dreams and remember them in great details? Oh, I'm taking the first one. I have many regrets (laughs) throughout my year. So, yeah, who cares about the dreams, to be honest? I mean, yeah. But the yeah. monkey's paw, though, is that you have to, you may have to repeat those exact items. But do you not have any, you know, to, to change for the good, though? Yeah, so it's just a matter of, in this case, you can't actually change anything. You just get to relive the day three, uh, twice, uh, you could, you can relive a singular day three times in a, in a year. Oh, in that case, then no, fuck it, because I have enough shit going on through my days. I don't want to, don't want to have that doubled. So yeah, I'm taking the dreams. Yeah, it, I mean, there's those, there's three days throughout the year that I'm pretty sure that I would be like, okay, you know, like for for example, uh, when Southampton wins the FA Cup, you know, coming up here pretty soon, I'm gonna want to replay that <laughs> one. That's gonna, that's the one I want to play. You know, I want to, I want to replay the Liverpool game. You know, that whatever it might be. You know, I'm thinking I'm gonna, t- I think I'm gonna, I think I'd like that, but yeah, I'm gonna go with consciously control your dreams. Because if you're able to take that, all those crazy ideas, you could turn them into some pretty cool stories and novels. It's a possibility. Yeah, I'll take the dreams then. All right. Um, and last week, you gave us a little life hack with your ground meat. Um, do you have another one this week? Yeah, so moving. If you are ever moving yourself, uh, take just get a bunch of trash bags. And instead of having to take everything off your hangers... It was great for us to just kind of poke holes through the through the through the end and use everything that was on a hanger and just transport them in trash bags. So they worked out just fine. They're like dryer bags, and all of our clothes did not get wrinkled. They were in order, the same way that we had it, and it was super easy and convenient for us because you can just carry twenty at a time, go up the stairs, and uh, it made it pretty it made it pretty easy going comparative to a lot of other things. Uh, when it came to moving, but that was one of my favorite things we did. Okay, you heard it here first. There you go. <laughs> um, Tim, let's kick things off with uh, the ITN news. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, we'll uh, kick things off with our FA Cup run. Uh, with the result of that fifth round, we've been rewarded with a trip to the Vitality Stadium to face AFC Bournemouth. I suppose it's you know, the best draw we could have hoped for, considering they're the only championship side left. Uh, you know, And the winners will earn a trip to Wembley for the semi-finals, which, which will be very, very nice indeed, considering all the shit that we're going through in the league at the moment. 
Uh, the Bournemouth game will be played on Saturday, the 20th of March at 3pm. That the game with Spurs has been moved because of this. Um, yeah, happy with that draw, Tim. Yeah, we'll take it. It's either, it was either them or Sheffield United, and I'll take it. Not Saints news. Well, not directly anyway, but Mike Dean has received some death threats and abusive messages following his recent performances. Not what you want to hear. I mean, you can be disgusted with his decisions, uh, but this, this is another level, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, it's unfortunate, and you can criticize the guy all you want. You can tell him that he shouldn't be in his job, but when it comes to when it comes to you know living his life, that's not something that we need to be doing. And regarding any other referee, you know, they're human beings too. There should never be a threat of violence at all, ever, whatsoever. And it's unfortunate, and I wish Mike Dean all the best uh, when it comes to his safety. But yep. he can, you know, he can second guess or triple, triple guess his decisions going forward when it comes to being a ref if he needs to. But, um, it's not needed. Yeah. And he's taken his, himself out of the firing line this weekend to, uh, yeah, just to stay out of the way for a bit. It's probably a good idea. Um, we, we had a tweet from Gary Seward again. Uh, it was a video actually from, from the A League. Um, did you see this, Tim? This this video, it was the, the VAR thing. Yeah, I saw it a while ago, and yeah. I really, really like it. And in, in the MLS, too, they have something similar to it where you're able to see the conversations between the video assistant ref and the, also the uh, the person on site. And they're able to talk and communicate and say, uh, you know, you should go check the monitor because it could be a violent situation. And they go and they're having a conversation back and forth. They're reviewing the case and they're seeing, well, you are correct. Yes, I did miss this. And they confer, you know, they are confirmatory when it comes to the conversation. And it was simplistic and effective. And having that transparency is necessary because every decision that is made or should be made, you know, we want to know why. If you are wrong, then we can, you know, I want to, I want to know why. I don't want to have you be basically behind this entire mechanism where you can't be criticized. You should be able to be criticized for your, for your decisions. But if you're able to justify it and say, I thought it was because of this or this or this, I'd give them a little bit more. Uh, I'd give them a little bit more respect is that even if they were wrong, they were able to explain why they were explain, wrong. Explain. Go, yeah, exactly. And, given that chance, like we never got today. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the video, I mean, you can check it out. It's probably on our, um, on our Twitter timeline, but a player goes in for a tackle. It's a bad one. The ref doesn't feel it's too bad, and he books the player. The VAR official was heard speaking to the ref, as Tim had said, advising him to take another look at that tackle. Um, and you can clearly see, you know, his studs are up. It makes contact with the shin. He then changes his original decision to a red. It was quick. It was transparent. That's exactly how we should be using the system. Now, you may argue that this original feed didn't allow the audio it was later added to show how transparent it needs to be. But I can't see any reason why we can't have this in place in the league. I mean, they have it in rugby. They have it in tennis. They have it in cricket. It's very obvious to the people watching on TV. It's obvious to the people, you know, the spectators in the stadiums. It works. Um, and yeah, like Tim said, it, it, it needs to be as transparent as this. They're hiding. It, I, I really, truly feel like the rest are hiding now because they are trying to protect themselves from and have immunity from all of their decisions and situations. I recognize the severity of it, but if you are transparent, open, and honest about it, even if you're wrong, 
and, and I don't agree with the decision, like for the handball today, you know, if they were able to explain that because of X, Y, and Z, that Bertrand's hand was out and that's why it was, you know, I would probably respect them a whole lot more than saying, you know, why is it like this comparatively to the situations where in the past where Stevens handball was very similar to that where it wasn't, or it wasn't a call or other different times where we've gotten a handball against us. Yeah. Yeah. That's sickening that. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, when we talk about the, the second Wolves game, uh, more takeover talk this week. We, um, you know, the US billionaire Joseph de Grosser has said that he wants Gao to lower his price for for the majority share of the club. Gao isn't budging. Um, the period of exclusivity is now over and opening up to other parties to bid. Uh, there are apparently two American groups supposedly interested, um, several interested parties across Europe and the Middle East, too. Uh, but how serious are they? I don't know. I mean, I've heard that the U.S. group is close to getting an exclusivity deal. So, you know, we'll watch this space on that one. But something does need to happen. Gal's not budging, Tim. I mean, as much as we want him to, can you blame him, really? No, he wants to get a fair market value for his investment. And it's understandable. COVID's throwing a wrench the cog and a wrench into the cog or whatever, whatever you want to say that is. And it's, it's hard, but nonetheless, I would prefer that, you know, we want to have consistency and I don't want someone to come in and put the club into more debt, like the Burnley situation for those. They, they used the mod, uh, the takeover method where they put uh, debt into the club just to be able to purchase them. And I don't want that. Uh, that's something that Gao didn't do. So, while he's not he's not investing fully, they've been become uh, Southampton's become one of the more financially stable ones. So by putting us into that situation, I don't want to be there. No, I agree with you. It's obviously you don't want to be in that situation, but I think Gal needs to realise that you cannot purchase clubs in this day and age and hope to make a profit on it. It just doesn't work. If you're going to buy a football club, it needs to be a passion project. It needs to be something that you want to see do well, not something that you want to buy, make a £10 million profit or whatever, and then sell them off again a couple of seasons later. It just doesn't work. And I think we can all agree we need an owner that loves this football club and just wants nothing but the best. Yeah, it's it's seen as a pet project or as an investment of the Chinese financial arm, whatever it might be. Uh, I just want someone who cares. And if they truly care and want to be in, in this club – that's wonderful. As long and they do that, they provide that quality of love that the fans of the of the team, like yourself, who are dedicated and passionate and have been a part of the club for years and years and years, we want you want an owner to match that. So these American owners, it's not you, Matt Markstone, is it? You're not you're not starting up your own consortium to buy the club. You, see, you oh, didn't no. you didn't buy a house really. You bought a football club. That's what you've done. Yeah, I I, I would. I bought a house as an investment, and a, a football team is not an investment. Unfortunately, you are you are if you are buying it, you are buying it because you want to be involved in a team. And you, if you're thinking you're going to make money off of it, you're wrong. It's yeah. it's a history time and time again has been a money it's been a money pit. Uh, man, I, I've got some books upstairs that I've just been I've been reading in the past about how financially it's just. It's not viable to make money in, but the one thing is that outside of Bury and a couple others here and there, uh, financially, it's you know you're you're never they're never going to go away, which is nice, to, which is nice, but that's not 
it's not a, it's not a business. It's more than that. It's a community organization, and they need to be treated like such. I wonder how how long it's going to take Ryan Reynolds to discover this. I think they're going to be just fine. Well, we'll, we'll see. Right, okay, Tim. We'll ask, we'll move on to the FA Cup game. Okay, then uh, Wolves on Thursday night on yeah Thursday the eleventh of February FA Cup fifth round, entering the cup tie. Then the fifth time we played Wolves in this competition, both winning twice and drawing the other. Uh, the last time was March two thousand and three, which of course. We won en route to the final, but in recent meetings, they have had our number, losing just once in the last 10 in all competitions. Um, we put that poor record to bed as we saw saw them off to enter the quarterfinals with a 2-0 win. Danny Ings with the opener, not one of his most memorable, uh, and Stuart Armstrong putting the cherry on the cake in the final minute. Uh, that 11, Forster, KWP, Salisu, Bednarik, Bertrand, Armstrong, Romeu, Ward-Prowse, Gineppo, Ings, Redmond, and a bench of Lewis, Watts, Stevens, Teller, and Lundaloo, Adams, Vestergaard, Finnegan, and Chalke. So, Tim, Forster continues to be used as a cupkeeper, like we all expected, uh, no problem. Uh, something else we expected, but still couldn't quite believe, was the um, in- inclusion of Mohamed Salisu making his debut finally, um, and Kai Walker-Peters fit once again, Tim, this is as close to full strength as possible, right? Obviously, we had Minamino Cup tied, Walcott still with his hamstring injury. But, we, well, the, the injury to Walcott, actually, we've heard it could be a little bit later than originally thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're thinking late. Uh, it's late, late February or mid-March or up through mid-March is when we're potentially looking at him. Also, Diallo is looking at late February as well for the earliest. Unfortunately, these muscular injuries take a toll on our team and they don't necessarily, if they don't heal right or you don't get the right uh, segmented or appropriate treatment, it can be pretty rough. And I wish them all the best because we could definitely use all the support in the team possible. I mean, I would say it is, it is the strongest we could have hoped for. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, we, Vestigar was available, so you could have argued, but Salisu was ready to get, they were ready to get him a debut and get him on the, get him on the field. Beyond that, couldn't have picked a better, better side. I mean, Redmond for Adams is also debatable, but yeah, it was decent. Yeah. And it was a decent performance, a 2-0 and, Better performance, better result. Uh, Kyle Walker Peters, as you said, fit. You know, all is all is well with the world again for for the time being, anyway. Um, something that I noticed too was was the amount of chances that we created com- to compared with the you know the Newcastle trip, and our back line looked in control throughout. That's Walker Peters proving his worth again. Um, different midfield too, with Redmond playing up top with things and leaving the lively duo of um, Armstrong and Gineppo on the wings. Um, the whole balance of the team just seems to work. And, you know, that's not a knock on Jack Stevens. We were just able to have, a, you know, a specialist right back, something that we've, we've no- noticeably missed in recent weeks. Absolutely. So things looked really good there. Salusu obviously did have a few stumbles, but overall uh, we had a lot of bite in the team comparatively to the previous many games before it. Uh, something just kind of kicked in and said, let's do this and let's get going. And that could have been, uh, you know, the right talk, the right day, the right time, or it could have been taking advantage of an apathetic Wolves team. 
you know, there's a, li- a little bit here and there, and I can see after go- re- going through the highlights and reading on the reports, um, it just seemed that they weren't ready. They, the FA Cup wasn't their priority, and we took we were damn sure taking it seriously, which was I was very happy for to see. It was good to see, yeah, because I, I really, really wanted this game badly. Um, the, the, the opening goal then, um, Ings, not one of his finest, but you know they all count. Uh, Ryan Bertrand picked out a lovely weighted pass to split open the Wolves' back line. Um, Ings, one-on-one, hits it straight at Ruddy, rebounds off of Ings, and then um, creeps over the line. And VAR tried its best to strike it off, but couldn't find Danny's shoelace to draw the line against, I guess. No, it was ugly, but... You'll, you'll take it. It was. It looked funny when you're recognizing that it was off Ruddy's deflection into Ings's shin pad and then knocked right into the goal. I think <laughs> Ings was like, "Huh? All right." It's like one of those things you just kind of brush off in practice and think about it, and you're like, "Oh, it's just a weird deflection," and now it happens in game. That's fun. But it's it's the luck that we need. I mean, because the luck that we haven't been having, and you know, now you get something like that happens, it, it could start you scoring goals, and indeed it did, as we saw today. It's sort of you know. He seems to be back on the on the goals again, but I don't think this one is going to make our February goal of the month shortlist. <laughs> you never know. Hopefully, it's. Uh, but Depends how many more we score. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I've never realized, and I've been playing for years and years and years, how how much of a confidence and how a little bit of luck, but confidence and then kind of consistency takes over the play. You think if you're just the most athletic team and you're 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 dialed in right. You're going to win. Unfortunately, it's not that way in this game. And we've seen it as we've been losing periodically, but just a, a stroke of luck can make all the difference. And that 1-0 lead with Ings' awkward deflection made the, everybody play a little bit more loose and feel a little bit more comfortable while they were doing it so that despite any potential shakiness that Salisu might have had, you know, the progressive passing that Armstrong had, that Bertrand had, um, Walker Peters back into the role, uh, you know, the rotation between Ward Prowse and Romeo, it just looked good. It looked good. And I felt they felt more comfortable and they looked more comfortable. Speaking of Salisu, I'm, I want to discuss his performance with you because it was, it was a streaky performance, you could say. He had a few, well, should we say scrappy and, and, and scary moments. He gifted the ball away. Because he was wanting more time on the ball, I guess, you know, Spanish football, they, they, they are allowed more time like that. But that will come when he settles to English football more. But overall, I, I thought he looked good. I thought he was solid at times. And, you know, the groundwork is there already because he clearly reads the game well. He's got it up there. You know, he was in the right place a number of times. And so, you know, he was able to register blocks and just be there. But, but Tim, how did you rate his performance? Uh, it was, it was all over the place. There were, there were signs of brilliance. There were signs of great foresight and, you know, being a step or two ahead of most people. And then there were times where he made some mistakes that if it led to a goal, we would have been chastising him a little bit more and say, well, you were gone, you've been out for seven or eight months. You can't be, you can't be doing that. So fortunately, those two major mistakes that he had, one of which could have happened to anybody where his feet got tangled up in the clearance, but him trying to dribble out, which it looked really good doing it. He still got caught. Uh, he still got caught on that, that dribble out play. And, uh, fortunately, they didn't take advantage of it. So he looks great with his ball. Great. He looks great with the ball at his feet. Uh, he is extremely left-footed dominant. 
Uh, that is one thing that I can see why they don't want to play him on the right side of the center back pairing, or if there's a back three, like it ended up being in the last game today. Um, and then ultimately his distribution and forward progressing was pretty good. Uh, I liked it, but he, you know, he's definitely raw. Uh, he's definitely got some aggressiveness to him and I don't think the guy has any fear. You know, I feel like he just goes out there and he well, just that's a good it. thing. I just, I, I like that though, because your center back, you want someone who's a little crazy back there oh, and yeah. you've got, you've got the, you know, you've got a big you know, big Polish guy back there who's aggressive and, you know, can can throw elbows with everybody. You've got this Danish Thor-like looking player. And then you've got some guy with, you know, with the, with the, with some, uh, you know, with the, no fear in his eyes going out there between, so between the three of them. And then you've got Stevens who looks like he's, you know, sometimes he's out for a walk in the park every now and then. Mm. So I, I like the, I like the way, I like the way that he looks. Um, He's got to get some time, and I think with the four of them, though, we have the most depth when it comes to the positioning, which is a good thing because we're going to get injuries, as you can see, and he'll get his chances. He will. And, yeah, time. He is going to need the time, and he got a few more minutes today as well, albeit in a difficult situation for him and and the team at that time. Um, Nathan Redmond, Tim, I want to talk about him as well because another frustrating night. Well, I mean, he, he was okay. He wasn't bad. Um, but I messaged the Discord group pretty much saying that, you know, it was a big, big performance was needed. He needed it because, you know, Shea's not been finding the net. Danny's not been finding the net up to, up to that point. Um, Redmond had an opportunity through the middle somewhere where I've been outspoken about saying that I'd like to see more of him there. Um, but didn't really take his chances again. Had a glorious opportunity to finish Wolves off. Um, Armstrong made one of his runs and slotted a ball free that was perfect for Redmond, but still, failed to ripple the net but he was making you know well-timed runs yeah i can't tell the difference between redmond and walcott sometimes out there yeah it's really we, we it's, need someone that's that has the composure don't we, we just yeah we it's it. they're so eerily similar redmond's a little bit more compact and walcott's got a little bit more of a lengthier stride but between that and oh and one person has more hair than the other uh that's that's about it's i can't tell the difference between the two just because they play so similarly, which is great if you're trying to feed the types of roles that we need, you know, be a cog in the wheel where you can play the attacking mids and, and through the middle. But when I say that they're playing, they're so similarly is that they've got some great movement. They've got some great pace, but composure on the ball is lacking here and there. So seeing that and, you know, one of the things that Redmond doesn't necessarily have compared to Adams is he doesn't have the hold-up play. Um, so overall, I liked the the change-up, but, you know, there there is still just something a little bit amiss to me in the FA Cup game. But overall, uh, it was worth it, and he they were able to expose uh, Johnny and Kilman, uh, which was really good. Uh, on the uh, on the right side there, going um, attacking on the right, which was uh, which I liked. Uh, Wolves shook things up a bit, and they brought Traore on. They brought Neto on, you know, big guns entering the fray, which begs the question: you know, why didn't they start with them if they were going to rest them for this game? Then don't bring them on at all. But never mind. Um, I thought Bertrand handled him pretty well down that um, down that right hand side. Down Wolves is right. Stark contrast to today, of course. But yeah, um, at this point, Nuno looked like he was going to go for it, but. You know, Bertrand, I thought, played very well. Bertrand played fantastically. He was, he didn't put a, he didn't put a bad foot forward that entire game. 
and I loved it. I really loved it. I yeah. was happy to see I if it wasn't for Armstrong's goal at the end there, wow, I mean Bertrand was just taking just taking it. Uh I don't think Kijana Hoover is very good. <laughs> so I think he was able to take advantage of that and Don Decker on the on the right side as well uh looked a bit exposed here and there. And I and also Gibbs White on on the right, he did not look like he was doing much at all. So I I felt felt that Bertrand was the best person on the left side of the of the entire um, the the entire team. Yeah, I thought he had a good game. Um, not something that was not talked about enough, I don't think, um, especially on social media. But um, you know, you brought the Armstrong goal up, and we'll go into that now. It was kind of. Like similar to how we've conceded goals lately, just like all our own doing. Um, but yeah, they messed up the clearance. Dendonka giving Ruddy the bad back pass, but Ruddy awful, awful. Uh, Teller pounces. That's you know showing that he's understanding Ralph's system. Uh, feeds it to an open Stewie, and um, yeah, he tucks it away. Two 0 game over. Yeah, thank you, Ruddy, for bumbling that one and causing an error. And that was it, pretty much. Yeah. So your your, your overall thoughts on the on the. Uh, on the FA Cup victory, I think we settled in nicely, and uh, there was just a, a, a few good, outstanding performances. Uh, Armstrong was fantastic there. Bertrand was fantastic there. Uh, Bednarik, I also thought was really good. He took out, um, he just basically took out completely Fabio Silva and Vitinha. Like they had no attacking teeth whatsoever during the entire game. So I didn't feel like that. Uh, I was scared at all for any of their shots or any of their attack. No, and it was comfortable in the end, you could say. Um, Forster, Tim, another good performance and yet another clean sheet. People were calling for him to start in the game today. You know, where did you stand on that one? Because I, I, I think that you know the games that Forster has played in, if Maka had played in those, he would have kept clean sheets too. And vice versa. I think if Forster, you know, would have let in a few, uh, would have played a few more that Macca did in, then he would have conceded more goals. So I, I did think that we need to stick with Macca, in my honest opinion. Uh, having said that, you know, Fraser done everything Ralph has asked him to do, hasn't he? You know, Liverpool, Shrewsbury, Arsenal, and now Wolves, all clean sheets. Very good record. Yeah, he's he's done it, and clean sheets all the, nonetheless too. So can you? Can you put it all on Foster? I don't think so. I don't think it, it's it's the team around him based on the on the way the playing of the game was. I don't think he was anything spectacular that said he deserves to start over McCarthy. It's just a matter of he's yeah, played exactly. well when yeah. he's had when he's came in when he's came into the game, which is which is great. And once again, it shows that we have depth in two competent goalkeepers. Yeah, could agree more with you there. Um, man of the match. I'll, I'll go first. I'm going, to, I'm going to get to Armstrong. It was close run thing between him and Bertrand, but Armstrong for me, I think he was great again and just you know the the creative spark. I think yeah, Armstrong for me. His progressive movement and attacking is absolutely phenomenal. And without him, I don't know where we'd be at. Obviously, Ings is extremely, extremely, extremely important, but Armstrong is right up there too because his his progression is what is what sets him apart from everybody else. It sets him apart from Redmond. It sets him, uh, sets him apart from Walcott. It sets him apart from even, well, the two games that we've had uh, with Minamino. It's just seeing him push the ball forward, get the right ball in the right spaces, make the runs, and then when when possible, the clinical finishing like he had at the end of this uh, the FA Cup game here. 
Go, yep. Good job, Armstrong. Okay, uh, so the the second Wolves game from a couple of hours ago, uh, just another heartbreaking loss again. Uh, just another loss from a winning position, another farce from VAR. I, I, I'm still, honestly, Tim, I'm seething from this, if I'm honest, because, you know, a, a 2-1 home loss, again, one new up at the half, complete control, turned to absolute shit, uh, and another poor performance from the officials. I mean, let me just start with with the 11 and get this out of the way first. McCarthy, KWP, Bednarik making his 100th start. Um, I think he had one when Hughes left, <laughs> something like that. Uh, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Romeu, Minamino, Redmond and Ings. A bench of Forster, Adams, Watts, Stevens, Gineppo and Lindelou, Teller, Salisu and Chalke. Tim, we're recording, as I said, straight after this loss, so it's kind of fresh in the mind. But what a joke again. You know, inconsistencies have hurt us. And how how are you feeling? So it went back to that thought that we had of the would you rather. Would you rather, you know, have the – would you rather have a – was like 50% chance to be relegated and win the – I guess – do you know, I thought you meant um, taking a day back and repeating it because I'd do this one again. <laughs> yeah, well, either way, this one just sucked. <laughs> there's no there's no better way to put it. Uh, nonetheless, I, I'm i happy that we took the FA Cup game. When we talked about would you, would you rather have won the FA Cup game against Arsenal at, or the, the league game, at this point in time, I'm like, Really, 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 really scared. Um, maybe I think the next game will be determining whether or not I'm really like starting to fear things. Um, but nonetheless, this game sucked and they just, there was just not, it just didn't look good after, in the second half that is. The first half looked alright. I'm not scared about relegation at all. I'm just pissed off. I just think it was just, uh, it's just, first half was as good as it gets. We controlled we were controlled with the ball, and we were controlled without the ball. It was just like our performance gave us a well-deserved lead. Uh, well, let, let's let's talk about that goal because it was a beautiful thing, and Armstrong with the, with the run, perfect cross, and you know the finish was even better. Yeah, so Armstrong's on the right side. He makes he makes the run cross field all the way to to the left corner, puts a beautiful ball in from his opposite foot. And then Ings on the half volley just goes and, and just goes and strikes it first time in, which was fantastic. So there's three main ports, uh, parts to the, part, to the goal. First was Armstrong's run. The second was Redmond playing his best pick oh, move yeah. on, Locking, uh, yeah. on Cody. So pick and roll, pro- yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, he just absolutely sets the pick. Which allows for, uh, Ings to hit that shot. And then Ings is, uh, Clinical finish right then and there. So all in all, great moves all around. But I do want to give Redmond the uh, the credit where credit's due because that was that was a great play that means a whole lot more than you would think. Yeah, and that finish though, I mean, oh, it had me pairing as well as well as the commentators. It it's just a really difficult skill, like letting that ball come across your body and then hitting it first time on the volley. Just it's such a difficult skill, but he was so so good at it, and yeah, just just awesome. Uh, but there, there were there were lots of good things from that half. I think Vestergaard doing his, his Tom Brady impression again, just launching those diagonals towards Kyle Walker Peters. Clearly, something that they've talked about and looked at in training that get you know Walker Peters on the ball more, getting to put put the ball in the box. But yeah, Vestergaard 
spraying those passes. Yep, the long diagonal balls, as Mush would, yeah, as Mush would like to say. Um, And nonetheless, yeah, Vestager looks good. Like he he looks so good on the ball. He you wouldn't realize he's six seven when he can maneuver around and and just then all of a sudden left foot diagonal cross field and Walker Peters is there to bring it down to a nice quick touch and while majority of them don't make significant uh, progression he they do change the field up well and it's great to see that he's able to pin, pick out those spots over there on that side yeah and, and talking about Kai Walker Peters his inclusion again key to us but there's more bad news I'm afraid with him another injury another setback but how did you sum up his performance and, and indeed how important he is to the, you know, to the dynamic of our backline? In the first half, there was some great play that he had overall. Like I, I didn't see anything that he, he didn't put a foot wrong in there. And on the 31st minute was that Walker Peters run forward with the Vestergaard pass, which was just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, in the 50th minute though, Johnny did get around him. Uh, it was one of the first times that I've seen Walker Peters get rounded like that before in a long time. Um, I think the the time that sticks in my head the most was when he got rounded by Rashford when he was on loan with us last season. But that was Rashford, and this is Johnny, so it's a little it's a little <laughs> different when you're playing the you know a left wing back for Wolves versus this you know you know potential starting left winger for the England national team. So. Um, but outside of that, I think he was able to find his uh, find his positioning well. I think he didn't put a bad ball going forward. Uh, I just didn't think there was anything spec- super spectacular outside of ha- him being the person to play in that role and be successful at it, which is the only pr- and he, he's the only one that can do that now. And now that he's yeah. injured, it's 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 even scarier. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know what we're going to do. Looking ahead at, at Chelsea, it's just it's probably going to have to be James Wood Browse again. But. Um, Redmond in the first half was good, Tim. Um, look, look dangerous running through the middle. But once again, I'm going to discuss his finishing and, and probably lack of confidence in these positions, the composure. I mean, our, our coverage, they touched on the fact that he doesn't be, he doesn't expect to be scoring in these occasions where Danny Ings does. And is it all down to his confidence, you know, his psyche? Yeah, I really am starting to see and think that confidence is really taken into play and the streakiness of these players where – you know, the, you're living up to what the skill level of the person is combined with what, you know, are they on a roll? Or do they have the confidence? How is the team doing? And he's not meeting what we think that he can do. You know, we know that he can do this. It's just a matter of, you know, a couple bad touches here and there. You want to blame the weather? Sure. Okay. But all you can blame a couple different things. But once you start blaming three, four different things, uh, it could be a bad game. It could be a bad matchup. Uh, it could be the weather. Once you start blaming those things, it's more than just, you know, one of those things that's affecting it. It's confidence at that point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a good first half. We we, we did have a lot, lot of lot of the ball, put the ball in the back of the net. Should have had more, and that was probably the the undoing of us eventually. But Maka was untested. Wolves didn't have anything. No threat whatsoever. Only four touches in our box. I think the only disappointment from the half was the, the fact that we didn't get any more. And, you know, memories of the reverse fixture last year, 2-0 up at halftime, went on to lose 3-2. But then, you know, the decision of the penalty, Tim, discuss. Oh, well, so I'm going to stay consistent because when I saw the the handball 
because it was a hand. And I've said this before, it, the hand was out and it, it hit the hand directly and it affected the shot. So to stay consistent, I was like, you know what? That's a handball. Now the issues are the consistency when, in terms of calling it because he's three feet or four feet from the ball and it literally just goes into it. He's turning himself away. He's doing everything he possibly can to avoid it. it fucking sucks because VAR has just been hammering us left and right all season long. But uh, just stay consistent. Like I said, it, it, the ball hits his hand and it affects the shot. So I'm gonna stay. Uh, I'm gonna say there was a handball. Well, the, the only consistent thing I can see is the fact that it's being. Then we're getting fucked every single time with it. That is correct. That is it. Because that is correct. You, you are right by the letter of the law and the way that you stuck with it. Your hands out in an unnatural position. The ball hits it. It's handball. I get that. I understand all that. But the common sense needs to be what else can he do? And if you're going to give it, give it for, for us as well, because that was just as bad. I don't understand. And the fact that the ref never even, he wasn't, wasn't even interested. Now, we're told that VAR looked at it. How the fuck do we know that? How do we know that they've checked that out? Uh, we heard the announcer say that. That's literally it. That's it. Well, they probably just thought, oh, the game's gone on for far too long now. We can't possibly bring this back. It was probably not a handball anyway. That's what it feels like. We're getting done by these decisions all the time. The, I, I know, I understand we weren't good enough in the second half. We, 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 we were crap. We are just lazy. The whole performance stunk. But those decisions change. They, get, they change games. The handball on Bertrand, if you're going to give it by the letter of the law, fine. Then give us ours. Where was the one against Matty Cash for Villa? It, it's happening all the time against us, and I'm fucking sick of it now. It's just... They, they need to take a really good look at this at the end of the season and just go back to basics with handballs. Please, yeah. and just be consistent with it, please. It's just, it's, it's costing teams millions and millions of pounds. And it's just getting, you know, you're just getting so frustrated with it. You could see Ralph's interview at the end. He was talking about how great that goal was from Danny Ings. He didn't even want to talk about it. He was just like, I've just seen that handball again. And you could see he was just so angry and that, you know, that, the reporter puts the microphone in his face and he just says, like, oh, you know, that's six losses in a row now. How do you feel about that? How the fucking hell do you think I feel? Come on. It's just when when you get to see, I mean, if this decision hadn't happened and you lost the game, you, it would be easier to take. But when you lose the game like this, it's just at this point, mate, we could just call every single episode Groundhog Day because it's happening again. It's just, I'm sick of it. I don't know how much more I can take. Honestly, Ralph could have just shat on the field right then and there and said, this was our performance today right here and walked off. And that would have been perfect summation of how things have been for the last three weeks or, I mean, six games now plus. You just need a little bit of sustained luck. You know, if the luck is what we were all getting was that goal again, the FA Cup from, from Ings, it's, it's, it's not enough. It's not, it's not enough. And then of course they've gone up and got the winner. I mean, are you going to point a finger at Macca here? Should, should he be letting goals in from that angle? And, you know, Bertrand, where was Bertrand? And Vestergaard's covering for him. It's just, okay, it was a good finish, but we were over the place again. And it's, oh, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough at all. No one there. Yeah, Neto did a great job there, but it, this was probably the first time that Vestergaard has, I would say, did a bad, I would say had a bad movement because he made a quick movement to the right, knowing that and Neto took advantage of that and rounded him on the, in the near side. He didn't think, Vestergaard didn't think he was going to go near side and take that angle, but literally between, you know, what it was, it just, 
you know, they put it in a spot where, I mean, the XG on that's got to be like point. Oh five. I'm gonna have to look that up right now because that was ridiculous. Just to the, you know, he, he took the angle and he went for it. So, but yeah, Vestergaard got rounded there, and it was because of that half step movement to the right. It sucked, and it's been shit. It's been shit all to 2021. Basically, it's been yeah. shit. Things were supposed to be getting better in 2021, I think, but no, yeah. it's not. It's just beyond frustrating now. It's just. And at this point, Tim, there's just not enough effort. It's sloppy in possession. There's no urgency in these situations. Get the ball forward. Show some teeth a bit. Because even when we, we had throw-ins deep into injury time, we're throwing it backwards. Yeah. There's no one in spite. Just get the ball going, please. <laughs> if, this, if we had fans in the stadium, they'd be booing them. Yeah. Because they're just not, there is no one that's going to take the ball and go with it. We just haven't got it. And it, it's, it's, it's in these situations that we need them the most. Because mm-hmm. you know, when we're in the lead... We can't, we can't defend it. We've proved that. Look at the stats of like losing points from winning positions. Why can't we just get something going in the, in these situations? It's just, uh, uh, I want to scream. Looking ahead, we've got Chelsea, Leeds, Everton in the next three games. And where are you going to get points from there? Like Leeds have been playing pretty well. Like they're, but Chelsea, Everton, Chelsea's bouncing with Tuchel and Everton, you know, Ancelotti is just, He's gonna, you know, he's gonna screw us over somehow. You know, it's just gonna be, you know, then after that it's Sheffield United, but that's all the way into March, and you can't control that. You know, you, we have to be able to, uh, you just gotta have that consistency, and you gotta, I want, like, you could hope for a draw, you could hope for any of those things, just to kind of get your, you know, rebound back in, but I'm, I'm getting scared. And one thing I've learned, Tim, is looking at these fixtures. When, when I, since I've been doing this podcast, we, we, we look at fixtures ahead, and we always try and predict. How many points we're going to get and how are we going to do? No one ever gets it right. No one knows. No one really knows. I mean, I would not be surprised if Saints went over and, and you know and, and turned Chelsea over because that's just what we do. And they'll probably go and beat they'll probably go and beat Everton as well and then get battered six 0 by Leeds or something. It's just it's just the way things are this season. But anyway, your your summary from from this game, Tim, if you can. <laughs> Jeez, it's it's just tough to think about it. It, it I don't, I'm. The summary is that I have no worries at this point. It's it's hard and it's we we have to keep going. Um, man of the match for you? It's tough. Armstrong looked really good with his progression once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Armstrong. Uh, yeah, Armstrong. But then he, you know, I think if he'd have played the 90 minutes, would that have been? Would he have done anything else to make something happen? Get us the point? I don't know. I think whenever I'm in doubt in these situations, I give it to Danny Ings, um, and I'm going to do it again just because you know he, he looks like he's found his scoring touch again, and he took his goal really well. Um, and I felt if we were going to get another goal, it was going to be him. So yeah, I'm going to give it to give it to Danny Ings. Hi, I'm Matt Tissier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay then, things don't get any easier, Tim. We've got Chelsea next Saturday, Saturday the twentieth, twelve thirty kickoff live on BT Sport. Chelsea, of course, under new management, Thomas Tuchel taking over, and they've been good. You know, they're up to fifth. I think they got a game in hand over Liverpool still as well. Um, they play Newcastle on on Monday night. Tim, this is going to be a tough one, isn't it? It's, Werner's struggling for goals though, so that that means of course he's going to score against us. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean. You look at their attacking lineup, they can put a full, they could put two full teams together that could easily be seen as better than us. Except for maybe Kepa and Goal, but 
that's about it. Like you, there's just, <laughs> it's, they're going to tear us apart or they have a good chance to at least. They've been going on a run as well, haven't they? So, I mean, what are they, what are they now? They're fifth on 39 points to so say, yeah, gaming out over Liverpool. But they could be, you know, we expect them to be finishing in the Champions League spot, don't we? And I think if, if Tuchel can, can keep his job up, you know, for a couple of years, I, you, they could be a force again in Europe. They've got the players right there. Whether you think that Lampard should have been sacked or not, I mean, they have the squad. They've got the depth. They should be doing a lot better than what they are. But as I say, this season, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one. But, yeah, predictions, then, I... I can't see anything. Other. I mean, I know I joked before saying you don't know how Saints are going to turn up and it's, you, you could see us beating Chelsea, but I can't, to be honest. I can't see us scoring either, so I'm going to go 2-0 away win, 2-0 Chelsea. I think it'll be 2-1. We'll lose, but I do think we'll be able to score. Okay. Um, obviously, I haven't got Kevin's predictions yet, but we need to get on to him. Uh, and Gemma is going for a 1-1. She's been optimistic. But there again, she was. She did give me this prediction before the Wolves game. So, um, and Abby is going. She is going one zero, Chelsea. Oh, okay. Okay, welcome back to Extra Time. We start as usual with predictions, and we'll go wife wars. The FA Cup game. Gemma went one nil Wolves. Marina went one one, and Abby went one nil Wolves. So, of course, no one gets any points. The scores stay the same. 15 to Gemma, 15 to Marina, and 13 to Abby. Uh, and the league game, Gemma went 1-0 Wolves. Marina went 2-0 Saints. And Abby went 1-0 Wolves. So, the lead now, Gemma on 17, and Marina and Abby on 15. So, wow, that's um, that's very close. That, that is, that's the closest it's been, I think, all season. 17, 15, 15. Um, and us, of course... Uh, for the FA Cup game, I went a Wolves win, Kevin went a Saints win, and you went a Wolves win 2-1. So the only person to score points there is Kev. So that left the scores, 34 to me, and you and Kev tied on 23, Tim. Wow. Yeah. Um, and now, the league game taken into account. I said, stupidly, I said 1-0 Saints. Oh, damn it, Kev said 2-0 Wolves. And you said 1-1, so Kevin's picked up some points, so you're, in, you're losing now, Tim. Great. So 34 to me. It just gets better for you, doesn't it? Uh, Kevin is on 25, and you're on 23. So it's still, it's, it's still close. It's still close. Uh, Super 6, then. Round 34 was a joint lead by Yasmin Wiseman and Jason Lewis on 11 points. Overall lead, Tom Hennigan holds a one-point lead over Jason Lewis, now on 269. So that's that's very close. Also, uh, Tim, fantasy football. How are you faring this week? Uh, looking like looking pretty bleak, unfortunately. I'm 39 points now. Average is listed as 31, but I got I had the entire Manchester City backline, so Stones, Diaz, and Cancelo, and Diaz didn't start. So, oh, if, that's a shock. Yeah, I know. If he started, I would have had. It would have been 18 points right there, and then they also are in the. They have a second game, which is against Everton. I, I actually overtook you last week because I had a good one, but this week you've gone back ahead of me. I think you, what, you say you're on 39 this week. Yes, 39 so far. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm on 35. I have got um, Fernandez as my captain, who's just scored, I believe. Yes, he has. So um, that's good. <laughs> but 
I mean, let's have a look at Matt, Matt, Mark Stone. He's on 62 points. Wow. Because I've had a really, really good couple of weeks. But again, I'm slipping. I've slipped back down in, the, in our podcasters league. Um, and in, in that number, I've slipped also. Where are you on that now, Tim? I am 21st. 21st, right yeah, 21st. That's bloody good. And I'm 28th. And I, do, I have to keep scrolling for Kev because... There's 101 yeah. in there. Is 101, and Kevin is... Scroll, 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 scroll. 65. 65, yep. How is he doing this week? He's got 24. Uh, 34 points. He's used oh, a bench 34. boost. He, got, he had Neto on the bench as well. Just so. Oh, dear, Kevin, Kevin. Um, and he's got uh, Calvert-Lewin playing, who isn't. But, yeah. Okay, so this week, top of the In That Number podcast league is still... Well, actually, it's Bobby Brown now with his Magic Saints, and he's got 75 points so far this week. That's incredible. Well Captain done, Gun- when you Captain Gunned again like that, nice job, Magic, Magic Saints. Yes, brilliant. Um, okay, I think that is about all for this week. We haven't got a Russian phrase this week, thank God. But me and Kev will be back for a midweek special. We have a real, real treat lined up for you, so be ready for that one. Um, and next Sunday, we shall return to normal with the Chelsea game to chat over and we'll preview Leeds. So until then, over to Franny. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.